Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25. Good Wednesday morning. It is a crucial day in the showdown over the debt limit. Yep, a key vote just hours from now. It's May 31st. This is today. Breaking overnight, the debt limit deal clears its first hurdle on Capitol Hill by a hair. Now headed for a full House vote today. As I'm confident we'll pass the bill. Just ahead, inside the last minute, scramble to shore up support with hardliners on the right and the left in opposition. Can a bipartisan middle get across the finish line and avoid crashing the U.S. economy? We're live in Washington. Close call, a Chinese fighter jet caught on camera flying directly in front of a U.S. military plane high above the South China Sea. The Pentagon calling it unnecessarily aggressive as tensions rise again. A live update from Beijing straight ahead. Growing outrage. Officials in Iowa under fire this morning after revealing as many as five people are still unaccounted for nearly three days after that apartment building collapsed, some of them likely trapped inside, with fears the rest of the building could fall any moment. Air quality alert. Millions across the Northeast put on notice with smoke from a massive wildfire in Canada now reaching the U.S. Al's got everything you need to know as you head out the door. Those stories, plus heavy load, the airline behind a new plan to weigh passengers before boarding, and the controversy that is sparking. And last lasso? On three, one, two, three. I love you guys very much. The season finale of Ted Lasso dropping overnight. Will it be the final episode ever? The news fans don't want to believe. Today, Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today. So happy to have you starting your Wednesday morning with us. We are indeed. Let's get right to our top story, that critical deal to lift the nation's debt limit. So the deal passed a major hurdle overnight, narrowly making it through a key committee vote in the House. And now the full House will vote expected anyway later today and we've been saying for a while now the clock is ticking before the country runs out of money to pay its bills a move that would likely trigger an economic crisis all right it's last day of may may 31st the latest deadline is june 5th they gotta get it to the president's desk it's almost here nbc senior capitol hill correspondent garrett hake following it all garrett good morning 
Hey, Savannah, good morning. And yeah, no pressure. This bill overcame a key procedural vote late last night, and the full House floor vote is expected to come later tonight. Now, members of the far right and the far left oppose this bill, but President Biden and Speaker McCarthy have been confident they can push it over the finish line as lawmakers work down to the wire to get something passed that can prevent that historic government default. This morning, the race is on to round up the votes to avoid an unprecedented government default, now just five days away. Some hope on the horizon after the bill cleared a major roadblock overnight. Now, the bipartisan compromise struck by President Biden and Speaker McCarthy headed to the House floor today. Yes, I'm confident we'll pass the bill. But the 99-page bill, which suspends the nation's borrowing limit entirely until early 2025 in exchange for spending cuts and other conservative priorities, is running into roadblocks on the right. More than 30 House Republicans say they'll vote against the measure for not cutting spending deeply enough. Not one Republican should vote for this deal. It is a bad deal. In a narrowly divided Congress, this means Democrats need to convince their side to get on board and Republicans can't afford any more defections. But as of now, both sides think the bill will pass the House tonight. If the bill becomes law, student loan payments suspended since 2020 would restart and work requirements for SNAP benefits would expand, with some carve-outs for veterans. That's a major concern for some progressives, angry and still undecided. It's not a good bill for the American people. If the bill clears the House tonight as expected, the Senate can begin their own process to pass it as soon as Thursday, with many senators no more enthusiastic about the prospect than their House counterparts. Every time you turn over the rock, there's something else slimy under it. I think the Biden-McCarthy debt deal is a disaster for the country. It does not significantly change the trajectory of the debt. Oh, some for everyone to not like, but uh, that's called a bipartisan deal. So with the deadline approaching, what roadblocks does it still face? Yeah, that's right, Savannah. Well, look, in the Senate, any one member can slow things down to a crawl until their demands are met. So with time of the essence right now, don't be surprised to see senators from both parties demanding votes on their particular priorities, too, in exchange for just letting this bill move ahead of next Monday's deadline. And remember, waiting until the very last minute could also have an impact on the economy, risking downgrading the country's credit rating, which is what happened in 2011 when a bill to lift the debt ceiling was passed on the last available day. Savannah? Yeah, and one of the credit agencies already dropping a big hint to shot across right. the bow last week. All right, Garrett, thank you very much. Also this morning, the Pentagon is reacting to what it calls an aggressive maneuver by a Chinese fighter jet. Take a look. You can actually see it cutting right in front of a U.S. military plane. NBC's Janice Mackey Freyer joins us now from Beijing. Uh, good morning, Janice. That jet looked close. It was really close, Hoda. Aggressive is how U.S. officials are describing the maneuver by a Chinese jet in international airspace over the South China Sea. Look at the video of the intercept from the weekend showing the Chinese J-16 jet at the wing of the U.S. surveillance plane, then veering across the sky in a move known as thumping, where an aircraft gets caught in another aircraft's wake and it makes for a lot of turbulence. Now, intercepts are not uncommon. I was on board for one a couple of months ago when the Chinese jet was so close to us, I could actually see the pilots. But the Pentagon says this sort of behavior is unnecessary and they're warning it could cause an accident. China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs says U.S. spy planes in the region are a violation of China's sovereignty and they'll continue to safeguard it. 
And Janice, all this is coming as uh, China just declined a request for a high profile meeting by the United States. So what does that say about the state of relations between our countries? Yeah. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin had wanted to meet China's Minister of National Defense, Li Shangfu, on the sidelines of a security forum in Singapore. China turned him down, said the U.S. lacked sincerity, mainly because Li was sanctioned by the Trump administration back in 2018, and it's never been lifted. But it's also no secret that U.S.-China relations are at a unique low right now. There are no substantive talks on any level on any issue, including defense, since that Chinese balloon was shot down. Several uh, fronts uh, where U.S. officials are trying to push for a high-level reset, but so far, China doesn't seem interested. Hoda. All right, Janice Mackey-Frey, our forester in Beijing. Janice, thank you. This morning, closer to home, new fears at the site of that apartment collapse in Davenport, Iowa, both for people who could still be trapped inside at this hour and the stability of the building itself. NBC's Maggie Vespa on the scene again for us. Maggie, what's the latest? Yes, yeah, so Savannah, growing concerns and growing urgency for the two people who, as you said, officials believe may still be trapped inside the rubble of this six-story apartment building. And it comes amid frustration in the community and even protests here in the area over transparency and the response from officials after saying basically earlier this week they believed everyone was out to the point that they were ready to begin demolition on this building. Only then, and you saw the video there, to backtrack and rescue a 52-year-old woman suddenly seen waving out her window Monday night. The mayor says that prior to that, crews had done two thorough searches with drones, with canines, with heat sensing technology. And he says they were assured there were no signs of life inside that building. But now families say two other men, Brandon Hitchcock or Brandon Colvin and Ryan Hitchcock, may also be trapped inside. Savannah. So, okay. So what exactly is the plan to rescue people if there are still people inside? Yeah, so it appears the search effort basically has already begun at this point. The city saying that fire crews late yesterday went back in and they found several trapped pets and they got those out safely. But they also say they found no people, essentially no signs of life in that way. It's unclear how and if crews will be able to search again today. But they say this is a delicate balance going forward because of the stability or frankly the lack thereof of this building. They say it poses a risk to first responders and officials said basically each time that rescue crews went into that structure, the building, they say, quote, shifted at some point, adding to concerns that it basically could collapse here in the middle of downtown at any moment. But officials say, of course, finding people who may still be trapped inside remains a top priority. And they're evaluating with structural engineers basically to determine if they can go back in and the best and safest way to strategically do that and search again for people who still may be trapped inside that rubble. Savannah. All right, Maggie Vespa there. Thank you for the update. The Republican race for president is heating up this morning with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis kicking off his first full day of campaigning in Iowa. And he gave voters a preview of what to expect last night, stepping up attacks on frontrunner Donald Trump. NBC's national correspondent Gabe Gutierrez joins us now from Des Moines. Hey, Gabe, good morning. Hoda, good morning. Governor DeSantis had not gone after former President Trump like he did last night. And now around seven months until the critical Iowa caucuses, there is an all-out brawl for the Republican nomination. This morning, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is back in Iowa, this time as an official Republican presidential candidate. I am going to counterpunch. I'm going to fight back. Now offering his most direct attacks yet at the GOP frontrunner, former President Trump. I do think, unfortunately, 
He's decided to move left on some of these issues. DeSantis responding to new criticism from Mr. Trump, who suggested on social media that New York State handled COVID better than Florida. He used to say how great Florida was. Hell, his whole family moved to Florida under my governorship. Are you kidding me? Speaking to a crowd of evangelical voters in suburban Des Moines, DeSantis getting a standing ovation. He brought up his escalating feud with Disney. We stand for the protection of our children. We will fight those who seek to rob them of their innocence. And on that point, there will be no compromise. Disney is suing Florida over what it says is retaliation for the company's opposition to the state's Parental Rights in Education Act, which critics labeled the Don't Say Gay Law. Just last week, Trump slamming DeSantis's fight with Disney. And look at Disney and what a mess it is. Could have worked out an easy settlement, but no, he wanted to show the fake news how tough a guy he is. Mr. Trump now insisting he's not siding with Disney, instead calling the company a woke and disgusting shadow of its former self. Trump is leading DeSantis in national polls by a wide margin, with a recent Monmouth poll suggesting 63% of Republicans think Trump definitely or probably has the best chance against President Biden. Do you think the governor should be running this time around or not? I kind of think he should have waited until 28. DeSantis is well-spoken, and some people don't like that Trump is so outspoken. Former President Trump is also expected in Iowa later today, and Governor DeSantis will be barnstorming not just this state, but also New Hampshire and South Carolina later this week. All right, Gabe Gutierrez for us there in Des Moines. Uh, Gabe, thanks. Much more to cover on a Wednesday morning. Good morning to Craig. Craig, going on? Hey, Savannah. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. Uh, We have an NBC News exclusive for you this morning. Rare access inside one of the most dangerous countries in the world, now partly controlled by Russian mercenaries and using the region to support some of their fighting in Ukraine. NBC's chief foreign correspondent, Richard Engel, has this exclusive story for us. Richard, good morning to you. Uh, Good morning, Craig. We talk a lot these days about Russian mercenaries from the Wagner Group. They are leading some of the fighting in Ukraine, but that is not where they make their money. They do that in Africa, especially in the Central African Republic, where they are exploiting the mineral wealth of some of the world's poorest people. The Central African Republic is a failed state, torn apart by civil war. In the capital, Bangui, I saw children starving to death at the only pediatric hospital. What's it like for you, as the director here, to see all these cases? It upsets me, she says. Mothers don't have money to buy food, and the children fall into this state. They are young victims of Africa's resource curse. Desperately poor people living on land with vast, untapped wealth. Here, it's gold and diamonds, but they're not lifting people out of poverty. Much of the riches are now flowing to Russian mercenaries from the Wagner Group. Russia's private army, known for its brutality in Ukraine. Wagner is led by Yevgeny Prigozhin, President Putin's former caterer turned commander. In Ukraine, Wagner fights for the Kremlin. It makes its money here. According to two Western diplomats, Wagner extracts a half a billion dollars a year from this country in gold, rare timber, and blood diamonds. This woman, who asked us to conceal her identity for her protection, lived near the village of Indasima, where her husband was a gold miner. She told me how Russian mercenaries drove the villagers away. 
They were beating people, whipping people, and chasing them away. When her husband and seven others refused to leave, they were executed. What do you think the Russians wanted? Gold? You think it's as simple as that? Yes, they came for our wealth and for our gold. Today, my children don't have a father. They don't have anything at all. Working with the research group The Century, NBC News reviewed more than a dozen allegations of Wagner violence, including at Indasima. This was Indasima in 2019, before the Russian takeover. An image taken this month shows the mine has expanded dramatically, now capable of generating untraceable profits. Wagner was invited in to the Central African Republic by the government to help crush a rebellion. The government quickly became dependent on Russian support. Wagner even provides the personal security for the president. Mr. President, it's a real pleasure. Richard Engel, thank you very much. Thank you very much. What do you say about reports that allege that the, the Russian forces who you brought in to help secure this country have committed abuses? Listen, we are a responsible government and there are laws in this country. We have set up a commission of inquiry to see if the facts reported in these reports are true. The government relies on Wagner to survive. Wagner pays itself in gold. The people are left starving. We reached out to Prigozhin and he responded with a voice note calling our questions provocative and saying in part, quote, You've received enough information. If by asking these questions you intended just to spit at me, then I suggest you come closer. And after that, try to figure out if it's your throat in my hands or someone else's. Craig? Good God. All right. Um, important reporting. Our chief foreign correspondent, Richard Engel. Richard, thank you. Well, Canadian officials have issued more evacuation orders yesterday for parts of Nova Scotia due to the wildfires burning in that region. More than 16,000 people have been forced to evacuate. So far, over 200 homes or structures have been destroyed, and the wildfires are also impacting people here in the U.S. As now the smoke is drifting into parts of the Northeast, including Boston and here in New York City. Smoky haze has triggered air quality advisories in oh. several states, actually. Yeah, a lot of people complaining about all that smoke, Al. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately, it's going to last for a little while longer. You can see these wildfires. We've got two main areas right now burning. The Barrington Lake wildfire, 47,000 acres. The Halifax area wildfire, 2,000 acres. And what's going to happen now, we've got this high pressure off, uh, off of the eastern seaboard, and that's swinging that smoke from Boston, just south of Portland, Hartford, New York, Philadelphia. In fact, this smoke plume will make its way into New York and parts of Philadelphia later on today. We've got air quality advisories air quality alerts, elevated particulate matter from wildfire smoke. So folks with respiratory problems, this is going to be an issue unhealthy for those sensitive groups. And in fact, wildfires out further west in, in uh, Canada causing more problems. High ozone levels for Chicago, between Chicago and Detroit, St. Louis, Dallas, Houston, also down into New Orleans. Other area we're watching right now, down in the Gulf, we've got a tropical disturbance, only a 20% chance of development in the next seven days. But this is a development zone stretching from the Gulf across Florida. What is going to happen? We're going to be looking at heavy rainfall, gusty winds for Florida over the next several days. In fact, 
Through Friday, we're talking locally from Tampa down into Miami, upwards of five inches of rain, and that could be causing some flooding. And that's your latest weather, guys. Al, thank you. Still ahead, we are used to weighing our luggage at the airport, but what about weighing yourself before you board? No. (laughs) What do they put a tag on? You know, after some vacations, you know, the extremely heavy tag? (laughs) It could happen. Sam, what do you think? Yeah, how's that for an intro, Savannah? Well, look, this is in New Zealand, first of all. They're looking for some 10,000 passengers to step on a scale, but it is almost certainly not what you think based on some of the headlines that you're hearing. We'll talk about why this could be a good thing for the travel industry coming up next. (laughs) All right, we'll see, uh, Sam. And then a new alarm being sounded about artificial intelligence. The industry's top leaders warning that that tech could lead to human extinction. Human extinction. (laughs) I just said that. We're going to break it down. All the controversy coming up after this. Enjoy your Cheerios. On NBC. (laughs) I actually. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Do you know what to, we're at 730. Do you oh. know what today is, y'all? Look, Remind us. It is World <laughs> Otter Day. Okay. Oh. So here we are, the gang at the Tennessee Aquarium in Chattanooga. Those otters, there's a few of them you can see them around. Uh, they're ready to celebrate. So they've got 13 species of those playful animals living right there. Uh, and they're, they're around the world, living yeah. in around the world. You know world what, otters, Otter Day. they don't get enough. They, attention. They don't. Otters. Otter girls and otter boys. We're give otters their <laughs> otter girls and otter boys. Yeah. Wilker's smiling. Yeah, yeah smiling. he likes it. Okay. Happy World Consider Otter Day. yourself reminded. Yeah. Okay, let's get to this half hour's news, and we'll start with an unusual request for some air passengers. Yeah, so here's the thing. Air New Zealand is asking some 10,000 international flyers if they would be willing to to step on a scale before they fly. And as you might imagine, folks on social media <laughs> weighed in. Yeah, we can we can imagine. Uh, we're curious about all this. We want to get to the bottom of it. So NBC's Sam Brock did some digging. He's at Miami International Airport. Sam, what's the verdict? Yeah, Huda, good morning, Savannah. Good morning, Craig. You know, as Savannah said a second ago, yes, it's unusual. I think a lot of people, when they hear this, think, what? But here are the key points here. It's voluntary, it's anonymous, and it's nothing new for New Zealand, where guys, their version of the FAA says, we already weigh cargo and food and even crew members. Why wouldn't we calculate the average weight of passengers? So far, the response has been largely supportive, at least in New Zealand. For millions of passengers taking to the skies every day, weighing luggage has become about as routine as selecting your seat 
picking out a snack, or choosing an in-flight movie. But soon, Air New Zealand passengers on international flights will also have the option to hop on the scale themselves before heading to their gate. The airline announcing a new voluntary anonymous survey that's designed to calculate the average weight of passengers over the next month. The goal, they say, is safety. It's a regulatory requirement for us to know the weight of everything that goes on the aircraft. And there's a good reason for that. Industry experts say knowing how much everything weighs on board, including fuel, baggage, passengers and more, helps planes to fly more efficiently while remaining balanced. According to Air New Zealand, the scales in the airport will not display any passenger's weight and all of the data will be fed directly into a computer and recorded anonymously along with thousands of other passengers. But despite all of that reassurance, some Americans on social media and beyond saying, no scale, no way. I think that's a violation of privacy. When I go to the doctor, I don't even look at the scales. When it comes to commercial aviation safety, I want to err on the side of exact measurement, not a guesstimate. Still, New Zealand says its program has nothing to do with discrimination and everything to do with the science of calculating how many passengers a plane can safely carry. It's critically important um, for the safety of flight that you know how much the airplane weighs. It's particularly cert uh, certificated to perform in a given way at a given weight. Some experts say the methods and data collected by Air New Zealand could offer wide-ranging benefits around the world. I think you may see some other airlines utilize this at some point in the future. Okay, I'm going to go on record saying I'm not into the vibe of this whole thing. I know they say it's anonymous, Sam, and I get it, but I can see how this could evolve into something. So I guess it's, it would be embarrassing, but would anyone be, be told, hey, look, you're too heavy, you can't board this plane? Yeah, absolutely not, Hoda. You know, I know there might be some skepticism out there, but the reality is this is not about profiling people based on their weight. And yes, we are going to take them at their word that if you choose to step on a scale, your data goes to some database, but no one can see what that weight is connected with you. It is, in fact, as we've stated, anonymous. Now, another question people are going to have, would this ever be brought to the United States? Here, the FAA gives broad discretion to the airlines to decide how they want to comply with weight and balance requirements. Generally speaking, aviation experts they go to the medical industry to get information about what the average weight of passengers is here. It is possible we could adopt a model similar to what we're seeing in New Zealand right now, but there's no indication that that is on the horizon anytime soon. Hoda, do I put your fears at rest a little I'm bit? Not, I'm not sure, Sam. I'm still on the fence on that one. Um, you also want to know, if, you also want to know if, if having a lot of heavy passengers causes plane accidents. Like, right. what's the real point of all of this? I understand yeah, that. Yeah, it's safety, safety and efficiency. Yeah, efficiency. efficiency. Well, I, if, like a, if I don't have to know, yeah. I think I'd be all right. It seems like a solution in search of a problem. To, to your point, yeah. I, are there a lot yeah. of commercial airlines that are really at risk? What if you had a scale like after your vacation and it just oh. gave you like plus five, oh. plus ten, whatever? I'm just having flashbacks of being in sixth grade standing on the scale. Oh, I was the, the only one who tipped a hundred, and I remember the feeling of it. So, but we were tall. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's, true. Yeah, that's, what, that's what I told them myself. Yeah. Yeah. Still All right. ahead on Pop Start on this Wednesday morning. No spoilers. No spoilers. But. We are going to talk Ted Lasso. The season finale dropped overnight. We'll also take a look at music star Ed Sheeran's special connection to it. All right. But first, our tech correspondent Jake Ward's got a big story this morning. An alarming new warning about the risks of artificial intelligence. Jacob, they said human extinction. Yeah, it's not clear that that's the threat. There's a lot of complication behind this. We'll break it all down.
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free. Shopify.com slash podcast free. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25. We're back now, 740. This morning on In-Depth Today, an ominous new, ominous new warning about artificial intelligence. A one-sentence statement that was co-signed by some of the field's leading executives and researchers claims there is a risk that AI could lead to human extinction and mitigating the risk should be a global priority. NBC's tech correspondent Jacob Ward joins us with what we need to know. It's obviously raising alarms. It's meant to do so. 22 words. Let's read it. Mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority Hmm. alongside other societal scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war. I mean, this is an incredible statement, Jake, but also who signed it is really important. Tell us about that. Well, that's right. Uh, we're talking here, uh, you know, certainly about some of the top minds in the field, at least some of the top minds across companies. You have executives from OpenAI, Microsoft, Google, and a host of academic institutions signing this statement. And what it's really about, of course, is the sort of bad news end of the kind of science fiction movie you might imagine, right? We're talking here about the possibility that AI might become so smart that it eventually slips the bonds of, of human command and begins to make its own decisions and perhaps decisions that won't be good for humanity, right? That's the level of of, uh, extinction uh, risk that they are talking about here. It's important to note that, of course, we do not have that technology yet. This is a theoretical outcome down the road, but this is a bunch of the top minds across the industry and across academia saying that they want to get on the right side of doing so and take it very seriously. I think people are probably wondering, like, how afraid should I be of this? As you said, the top minds are on this and they use these scary big words words, but what's like a regular person supposed to think about what's going on right now? Well, certainly it is really important to understand that we are nowhere near the kind of uh, artificial general intelligence that people theorize could lead to an event like this. And I think it's also really important, Hoda, to remember that while we can all agree, as this statement does, that, you know, being enslaved by robots is a bad thing, there's a lot of short-term stuff here that people are not agreeing on. And while a lot of these people seem to have come together on one side of things, you have a lot of these people at the same time working as hard 
hard as they can to make money as quickly as they can off of AI. The signatories include people like OpenAI CEO Sam Altman, who is part of this global race right now to dominate AI. So there's some sort of uh, cognitive dissonance here around people saying, we need to watch out for this particular outcome, but we're not going to slow down the development of AI in the meantime. Hey, Jake, the the phrase that you just used, uh, slipping the bonds of human command, what Explain what that would look like if, if AI were to, to take over. How, how, how would that play out? Well, you know, the potential, right, the sci-fi movie is the Terminator scenario. That's what people worry about in this sort of broader sense, right? That if you were to hand over really important functions to AI and then it decides, well, this outcome you have told me to aim for doesn't seem like the right one. I'm going to go for this one instead. That's the kind of thing people worry about, Craig. But it's the shorter term stuff that people are, that I speak to, are much more worried about. And they say that a statement like this, while it gathers a lot of attention, distracts us from shorter term questions. You know, uh, should we be uh, worried about, you know, the potential for these systems to take away some of the jobs we depend on? Is it going to, you know, decide whether I get a job in the future, whether I deserve a bank loan, right? These kinds of uses are already out there. And so while it's tempting to think only about the dangers in the long term of something like what these signatories are writing out about here, it is the short term effects of AI that critics are telling me we should be most squarely focused on right now. Well, and that's the thing I wonder about, Jake. A statement like this, it's explosive. It's terrifying just on its very terms. On the other hand, you have all these signatories. It's like they're getting on board. Yeah, we warned you. We're worried. But And they're saying regulate us. Yeah. But they're not agreeing on what the regulation should be. They don't even agree what some experts are saying. Well, just pause it. You know, put do a timeout for six months while we figure this out. There's not broad agreement about that. So it feels a little bit like, you know, we're being manipulated a little bit by this industry saying, oh, we're so worried about this, but we're just going to keep on going here and try to make have a race to make the most money off of this. Savannah, I think you're seeing this very clearly. When I talk to top uh, AI executives across the industry, the theme that a lot of them land on is, yes, we want some sort of larger regulation, but let us, the industry, figure out what that should be. This is in part why you're seeing so many of these companies, in fact, trying to issue guidance to regulators about how they themselves should be regulated. And in this case, putting out a statement like the one that CEO Sam Altman and others have signed is a way of sort of saying, we have thought of bigger problems than you have. And in a sense, you should let us be in charge of ourselves to head off the kind of outcome that you wouldn't want. Now, the long-term play may, in fact, be worth thinking about in this case. But experts I speak to say, don't be distracted. Let's think about the short-term ways in which this stuff needs to be regulated and that it may not be the best plan to hand those regulations to companies to devise. Instead, it should be our responsibility and the, the responsibility of law lawmakers to think about how it is that we should put guardrails on this industry in the short term, not just in this science fiction long term that this statement lays out. Yeah, exactly. That's the old fox watching the hen house kind of idea there. Jake, thank you very much. Stay on it. We'll keep following it. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Mr. Roker, what's shaking? All I know is I got up this morning and my Roomba was watching me. It was just (laughs) not very pleasant. Anyway, let's show you what we've got going on. Chance of some severe weather today, stretching from parts of uh, Arizona 
Arizona on into Texas. We are talking about wind gusts of up to 60 miles per hour, isolated tornadoes possible, heavy rain through the southwest making its way through Thursday, areas of flooding likely. The heat's going to be a big story as well. Albany today, 87 degrees, 12 degrees above average. Same in Detroit, Des Moines near 90 at 12. St. Louis, you're going to be 10 degrees above average at 90 degrees. And look at these temperatures. New York City up by 88 on Friday. Roanoke, 87 on Saturday. Cincinnati, you're in the low 90s. For the month of June, that's the meteorological start to summer. Warmer than average in the central plains, the southwest into the northeast in New England. And for the summer outlook from Boston down to Houston, above average, much warmer than average through the southwest and wetter than average in the eastern half of the country. And that is your latest weather. Thanks, Al. Thank you. Got quite the show this morning. Yes, it did. Uh, Still ahead here on a Wednesday morning, Hollywood history in Studio 1A, Paul Newman and Joanne Woodbridge's daughter will join us live with mementos from her parents' careers and 50-year marriage and also the touching stories behind them. All right, I've been working on my own pop start, all right? Okay. okay. We talked a little bit about Succession yes. yesterday. The, no, again, no spoilers, but I'm going to tell you about the, the shirt yeah. that stole the finale of oh. Succession. You'll never believe where it came from and how much it cost. Oh, really? Okay. And then one of the hottest actors in Hollywood here live. We're going to catch up with Sydney Sweetie and hear all about her new role. Coming up. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25.